0: Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis, and I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. And you have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we invite leaders from all over the world to join us to get coached live and in person right on the podcast. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you my guest. His name is Jeff Deloach from Realty Solutions. Jeff, welcome.
1: Thank you, Kim. Happy to be here.
0: So I'm really excited to talk to you because You were a client of Frame of Mind Coaching, and it's been a few years back, and we've spoken many, many times, but this is the first time that I actually get to see you visually on a camera.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: It's pretty wild. And the minute I saw you, I said, wow, you're pretty cool looking. So I'm happy (laughs) to meet you in person.
1: Yeah, me too. It's great.
0: So tell us a little bit about what you do, where you are just in the world, and what you're up to.
1: So uh, the company I work for, Realty Solutions, uh, it's a real estate management company. So we specialize in property management, sales. So I'm a realtor. Uh, I'm currently the director of property management and sales. So those two departments I run. So mainly property managers and real estate agents are the uh, type of employees that are working with me. Um so that's what I do. I'm here, you know. Feels like 24 seven. I'm here all the time now. Um, but uh, yeah, so for the most part, that uh, aside from uh, my my family life. So I have uh, uh, a wife. Her name's Lisa, and I have a son, uh, almost three years old, Benjamin, and uh, he's uh, he's a handful. So that's what takes up a lot of my time.
0: Okay, and you went through coaching. What was that experience like for you?
1: I went through coaching uh, about, uh, gosh, I guess it must have been about four years ago at this point. Um, had some challenges that I wanted to get through. Just um, really, funny enough, items that were unbeknownst to me more me issues than they were other people issues. With I think that is uh, kind of the way the world works these days. Um, but more than anything, um, I learned so much about myself. Um, the the amount of self-awareness that I gained from coaching was absolutely unbelievable off the charts. It changed my life forever. And, um, I couldn't be happier to say that.
0: Amazing. Well, I'm thrilled to hear it. Um, so what's going on for you right now? I know like you volunteered to be on this podcast and I'm thrilled about it. What is your greatest challenge? What's going on for you today?
1: So, my greatest challenge right now, other than the obvious one for everybody going on with uh, with COVID, um, is the two departments that that I'm managing. So my position as director of property management and sales actually just started as of January 1st of this year. So I'm you know closing in on the first year of this position, and other you know really that's been the first time that I've been. Um, in a higher up management position of of this um, size, and um, it's 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 been challenging to say the least. Just um, yep. more challenging than I ever really anticipated. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you think that if you work in an industry for long enough, um, that you got it all figured out, and there's really nothing else that you need to do. And suddenly, you have several people working under you. And it's like, oh, I have to be the coach now. And then you have to get to know their personalities and their idiosyncrasies and, and all that fun stuff. And so it's um, been very humbling to say the least, because it's really kind of brought me back and made me think a lot about um, more of the things that I learned during coaching Mm -hmm. in order to become a better manager.
0: So what's the challenge? Exactly. Define it.
1: The real challenge for me has been holding uh, the employees uh, that are working with me accountable. Okay. So I find that I've done, you know, looking back on it now, I've done a little bit too much verbal, uh, hey, I would like this, and giving my request in that way, and then too much assumptions that it's just going to be done. So, you know, it's very simple sometimes. And I look back on it, it's like, you know, I really should have been giving um, better uh, timelines on when I want something done by how I want it, you know, being more concise with my words, rather than being a little bit too vague. So that, that's something that I've learned um, uh, to get better at. And I have been getting better at it along the way.
0: Okay. So let me understand the implications of this. Are you saying that you are kind of giving requests to people and they're not necessarily doing what you want, when you want, how you want?
1: Yes. So I'm giving um, deadlines for things and they're not being met. And it's been frustrating, but I've been for the most part finding out that they're not being met because of me, not necessarily because of them, because what do you mean by that? Well, everybody's extremely busy, so I'm assuming that um, just because I asked for something that it's going to be done the way how I would have done it, right? So if someone asks for something, I'm going to probably jump on it right away, and I might get it back to them within the hour, within the same day, maybe, you know, depending on the task itself, the end of the day, tomorrow, um, and then I find several days going by, and I'm like, where is that thing that I asked for? And I'm like, you know what? I I gave no timeline, no expectations whatsoever. And um, and I I was really getting more frustrated with myself about that than anything.
0: Okay. Okay. So what you so you're saying a lot of things. Okay. And let me kind of see if I got it right. Number one, you're saying that your sense of urgency is different from other people. So that when you're given a task, your response to it is to just get it done right away. Yes? Yes. Okay. So what that means for you is that. You might have an agenda, a plan, but when someone throws something at you, you're quick to add that to your agenda and your plan. And while that demonstrates a lot of, you know, let's call it, you're a bit of a maverick, you're able to move and dip and dive quickly. You're also taking off course easily. And that's not the best thing for a leader, right? right? So understand that that's a strength but also a little bit of a weakness at the same time. Uh, The second piece of it is you're hundred percent, right. That when you explain or verbalize to people what you need, when you need it, why it's important and agree to whether or not it's a priority compared to the other things on their plate, then you have greater clarity. And that's really um, a bit of a communication problem, but I have found that every communication problem isn't truly a communication problem because you can easily fix a conversation by saying, and I need it by tomorrow. There's a different problem at play here, which is that all communication problems are preceded with a thinking problem. Right? So I don't, you have no trouble speaking. You have no trouble saying what you need you don't have a vocabulary problem. The problem is that you have a frustration and that starts with how you think. So in your brain, you're like, I don't understand, I tell them to do something, why aren't they moving on it right away? So in your brain, you have a belief or a set of beliefs that things should operate differently than they do, and that people should respond or be as responsive as you are. And it's that should piece that causes you friction and frustration. And so then the question becomes, so what do you do when you feel friction and frustration? You used a term before that's always interesting to me, always makes me turn my head is I try to hold them accountable. So what does that look like for you?
1: Well, it depends. Heavy sigh. It, yeah, I, I, it, um, it's, it, it's looked like different things. And what I mean by that is I've reached levels of frustration depending on how long it's taken for that task to get done that I may not have given a deadline date by or if I wasn't concise enough with my wording. So by holding them accountable, um, if it was something that I knew was a top priority in my head, but maybe I didn't um, uh, convey that well enough to them to where they realize how urgent this was, maybe they would have gotten it back to me sooner. So... um, what does it look like? A sense of urgency issue when it's really maybe I wasn't clear enough.
0: And I love that you're trying to take ownership of this, and I think that's an amazing thing. What does it look like when you're at when you reach that point of frustration? What do you say? What do you do? How does that conversation look? Or maybe you're just seething in silence. What happens?
1: Um, I have definitely um, beat around the bush a little bit um, before maybe blowing up and you know i'll say hey you know i am try and sugarcoat something because i don't want to just bite somebody's head off um and you know i might call one of them in and say hey um we talked about this item getting done i see it's not done yet what happened how can we work on it why is it not done that sort of thing and then it just turns into a larger conversation from there and then the, then that meeting will end and then I'll start to rethink myself. Why did I say that? Why didn't I go about it a different way? So um, I end up being very unsure of, of how to go about it sometimes.
0: Okay. Um, so let me give you a few tips. You ready? I yeah. think you should grab a piece of paper and a pen.
1: <laughs> ready.
0: Okay. So So first of all, the fact that you're replaying your words and wondering if you're trying to do it properly means that you're trying to manage them and not yourself. Okay. So great leaders are amazing at managing themselves and do very little to manage others. Okay. So wild realization, but that's point. Number one
1: makes sense.
0: Point number two is, you know, what's interesting to me is, okay, here's what I need done. It doesn't get done. You bring them in and you're like, Trying to maneuver, trying to figure out the best way to, d- to to deliver the message, and then you're unsure of yourself, and then when it still doesn't get done, I think you said, and then I blow up. Yep. What does blowing up sound like?
1: It sounds like um, I. I mean, I'm not one to like truly blow up. It probably sounds worse than it actually is, but it's my version of blowing up. So um, Perfect. it might just sound like, you know, what's not understood here. Guys, I am I, I'm really, I'm struggling and I'll tell them, I'm struggling with understanding how and why this isn't getting done. Is there something I don't know? Because, right. And I think where, what my challenge is, is that I'm, I'm big talk. I'm a big talker. So when something is wrong, I'll come right out with it right then and there. And everyone's not like that. And I think that drives me nuts sometimes because it's how I am. And, and that sounds crazy when I'm saying it out loud now and, and hearing that.
0: It doesn't sound crazy. What it does sound like is that you're asking, you know, what's not going right here, but there's a level of kind of internal frustration that feels like it's, getting escalated. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good on the inside. You're feeling mad, you're trying to control it, but you're kind of, you know, it's kind of slipping out. It's kind of like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly that. Okay. So, so I want to give you a few thoughts. So number one is that extraordinary leaders manage themselves so that they don't get to that point of internal frustration. And they don't get to that point of internal frustration, because when they feel frustrated, they ask themselves one critical question. And this is what I want you to write down. What do I believe to be true that's causing me to feel frustrated? And in your case, what you believe to be true is they should get this, they should understand, they should do it, they should be as responsive, they should a million other things, right? Yeah. And that's the question that I want you to start to challenge. Like, really, should they? Should they be responsive? What? And, and to your credit, you're already saying, well, maybe I haven't been clear about timelines, urgency, et cetera. So, so thing number one is what do I believe to be true? Thing number two is this, and this is really, really interesting, is that in, in extraordinary teams, there is no leader who's holding anybody accountable. It's not your job to hold people accountable. It's your job to create accountability in a team, which is very different. Because when you're holding people accountable, like that's a heavy burden. That's a lot of work. That's like difficult to act. You need to keep track of everything if you're holding people accountable. But if you have structures in place that require people to become accountable, then the the weight is lifted off of your shoulders. And what it sounds like is those structures don't exist. So I want to remove that role from your plate. It's not your job to hold anybody accountable, but yourself. And the way that you hold yourself accountable is by managing your emotional state. So understand that when you're getting frustrated and you blow up, you just lost it. You didn't hold yourself accountable there. Right. Okay. So that's, that's piece one. That's important. Piece two is what structures can you put in place that make it easier? So, in organizations, what they typically have is they have a meeting tempo. And let me kind of describe what that looks like. At the beginning of your fiscal year, you have a big meeting to say, here are our our goals for the year. And everybody's clear about what those goals are. And everybody's clear about their role in achieving the goal. So in order for me to achieve a certain goal, uh, let's say it's a revenue goal, For me in in particular, I need to hit a certain number of speaking engagements a year. And, And because I need to do that, that means we need to, you know, submit X number of proposals. And so it's a very numerical, logical process, which gives me very specific guidelines about what I'm supposed to do literally every week. I know the numbers that I need to hit. If people aren't clear about the numbers, that means the grand plan hasn't been laid out and they do not understand their plan or their part in that grand plan. Mm. Now, we want to also have quarterly meetings to say, how's it going? But even kind of in a, in a shorter time frame, we want to have more regular meetings with an eye on our quarterly goals. So that when things aren't on track, you can implement changes and they understand their part and how it relates to the grand goal and their component of that grand goal. Because what it sounds like to me is you have an eye on what that grand goal is, but I'm not sure that you're transmitting that vision effectively. So they're not clear about their particular part and the day-to-day activities that they need to do in order to reach that global goal.
1: Yeah. Without a doubt. That sounds pretty spot on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so again, you want to have this you know, big meeting that says, here's where we're going. Here's what we're trying to achieve this year. Here's what it means on a quarterly basis. Here's what it means on a monthly basis. And when we meet on a regular basis, once a week or whatever, we're going to keep our eye on our goal. And if we're not reaching our goal and we need to change our plan, we're going to agree to the terms and the timeframes, right? So you're right. When you say, I haven't been clear about timeframes and expectations and urgency, they will understand what it means when their quarterly goals aren't met. Yeah, that
1: makes perfect sense. So
0: now the numbers hold them accountable, not you. I want to throw one more thing at you, which is, uh, we're going in a different direction. So, number one was manage yourself. Number two is manage the process as opposed to the people. And number three is this I've been coaching people for uh, leaders for 16 years. And over the course of my career, um, I've done a lot of research. And one of the most important pieces of research that I have conducted is the following I ask leaders of companies how equipped they feel to coach their team. And I asked them on a scale of one to 10, how strong are your coaching skills? The higher their coaching skills, the more satisfied they are with the performance of their team. It's a direct relationship one-to-one. So the stronger your coaching skills are as a leader, the better the performance of your team, period. So now the question becomes, Yeah, you get it. I'm a manager now. I have to go coach people. The issue is that most managers have never been taught to coach. So that's an opportunity for you in terms of your own development is to say, where can I acquire coaching skills that I can bring in quickly and effectively? Yeah. And that's something you and I could talk about after. But really, how do I coach my team, not manage my team? How do I coach my team? And not spend so much time trying to hold them accountable. Because that's exhausting. It is. <laughs> and when, when you're coaching your team, your vision of them is completely different from the process of managing them and holding them accountable. And when you're coaching your team, it, it's a lot more fun for them, but especially for you. Yeah. And not only are you reaching your goals, you're reaching more than your goals because you've given them the keys to go and truly succeed right now. You've given them the keys to just do their tasks. That's not so inspiring. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: It makes perfect sense. Honestly, it's sometimes hearing it. It's just like, Oh, I, how did I not know that all along? But it, it, it makes perfect sense. It really does.
0: And as you learn to coach that also helps you with the management of yourself. So that first point that we talked about, that helps you keep yourself in check. And it helps you reduce your frustration when things aren't going exactly according to plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I the thing that you said that speaks to me the most is, uh, don't hold them accountable, create accountability. And I, without saying those exact words, it's something that, you know, a few months back, I started to, um I guess accidentally put a little bit <laughs> a little bit of that into place. Um, and it definitely has been working, but you know, without a doubt, I can I can improve on that more. And
0: so. and more specifically, don't hold people accountable, create structures of accountability. Yeah. Right. So now you don't have to be nice or not nice. You don't have to like put on your like strongman voice. You don't have to get frustrated. You don't have to blow up. Right. Now it's a structured process. Yeah. A, you needed to get this done in this time frame. What's happening here? Was this an unrealistic goal? Did something take you off track? Let's realign you. Here's your goal for the week. This needs to be met. And when over time, the goal isn't met, you realize maybe this person might not be the best fit. Or you realize that maybe there needs to be some kind of a change in terms of uh, if this person is best suited to the role, or if maybe this role is too big for the person, so a structural change can take place. But the more information you have, the less emotion you need to lead with. Right? So it's not an emotional thing. It's a, it's a structural, it's a problem that you can solve with the information in front of yeah. you.
1: Yeah, it it really does make sense. Because, you know, you asked me, what is you blowing up looks like? Uh, what does that look like? and I'm not the blowing up type. I'm the, you know, the, this big strong man voice that you just said, like, that's what makes it more of a challenge for me because that's not who I am. I'm not the type that's just going to come down on somebody and freak out. So, um, but then it might end up that way a little bit more when it's bottling up inside of me because exactly. I am. so then it comes out that way. And then I realized that I just didn't have enough of these structures in place to begin with. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course that makes perfect sense. So it's been better since I've put more of those things into place and I'm just trying to figure out now, where can I put more of these things into place than I already have now? So I'm just like putting them into place all over the place.
0: (laughs) And by the way, by structures, I don't mean rules and regulations. I mean, structures so that people are clear about what the goal is, what to expect and how to get there. And yeah. people understand exactly what they need to do in what time frame in order to reach the global goals. So remember um those structures do not mean rules and regulations and punishments. That's not what I'm after. Right. I'm after common understanding. Here's what yep. we're after and here's what it's going to take to get there. Yep. Good. I like it. Okay. Amazing, thank you so much, Jeff. I loved having you on this podcast. Especially, it's easier to talk to you because you know kind of some of the the principles already. It's easy, right? You're like taking it and kind of running with it faster. Yes, (laughs) easier, easier, easier for me. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. For those of you who are listening, I hope you took something away from this podcast. Uh, but more importantly, if there's a challenge that you want to share on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. If there is a challenge that you are interested in talking about potentially for coaching purposes, also please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Jeff, thank you so much for being on this podcast, for sharing your challenge with us and for doing it on the air.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It was great.